What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Spectators. It is October. Happy Halloween month. It's fall, spooky season, all of that, which means it is football time. Playoff baseball is synonymous with October. And that's pretty much what we're going to be talking about today. My name is Julian. I'm here with Brooklyn, as always. What's going on, brother? Man, I'm excited, bro. I- we got ALDS starting tonight. Bro, everybody uh, listening to the spectators knows me and Jew, we diehard Yankee fans, so we hype tonight. Yeah. Got Cole on the mound. We ready, man. Yeah. Seriously. How you doing? I'm doing good, you know. Uh, doing well. I didn't get to watch too many of the games yesterday, so I spent a good, like, yeah. two hours kind of finding out what happened and watching some clips and all that so uh, we can be able to talk about it today for that NFL section. Um Mm-hmm. Before we get super into the NFL, this college football season is weird, so we're not really covering it too much. But I do want to give a specific shout out to Oklahoma for just being terrible this year, <laughs> for getting upset two weeks in a row. Uh, that that's brutal. Y'all stink. So that there's my special. If you're an Oklahoma fan, turn this down for like ten seconds. Okay. That's that's all you got. Yeah, I haven't been. Uh too tuned into college football. I've been catching them whenever I can. But, yeah, like you said, it, it's been a weird season. Yeah, usually I'm way more into it. But with, like, half the teams not even playing, that nothing just feels important. So. Yeah. And I, and I was working during but, that Auburn-Georgia game, so I didn't even really get to see that. I heard Bo Nix sucks, so that's kind of funny. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that's, that's really all I got for that. But we had NFL Week 4 this week which is, it's kind of flying by a little bit. Uh, But this was our first week where we actually had a little bit of turmoil in terms of, like, the global situation. Mm. Following the the week three matchup between the Vikings and the Titans, the Tennessee Titans had a bunch of players and people in the training staff and all that uh, test positive for COVID. And so we're going through all the stuff for that. Uh, their matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers actually wound up getting postponed now into whenever the Steelers bye week is, which I don't particularly know when that is. I, I believe it got rescheduled to week seven or eight, and there's another game that also got rescheduled uh, for around that time as well. Yeah. So, and and so you know we had the Titans all testing positive. And then uh, nobody on Minnesota did, which was kind of surprising. So they shut down for a couple days to make sure everything was safe. Were able to wind up playing this weekend, and their game with the, the Texans went smoothly. Nothing really happened there. And then we had Cam Newton actually uh, test positive on, what was that, Friday or Saturday morning? It was Saturday. And yeah. so this is, you know, a day before, <laughs> before kickoff. And... A day before they're playing the Chiefs yeah, as well. Yeah, it's not like a matchup that you don't want Cam Newton for. So he's positive, so he will yeah. be out. Uh, they postpone the game just so that they can get everybody tested, see who has it, see who doesn't, quarantine them if they do. Mm-hmm. And uh, they moved it to Monday. So that game is actually going to still be happening since it was like a isolated in- or thing with only him and I think like a staff member or so. Yeah. So the Patriots and Chiefs. So now we got two Monday night football games tonight. Yeah. So they're both playing Monday night, Chiefs, Patriots, and then we also have Green Bay and Atlanta, which was the scheduled game for Monday night. So we got a little, we got a lot of like high quality sports tonight with uh, baseball, 
and then those two matchups. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But before we'll, we'll talk Absolutely. a little bit about those matchups too in just a moment. But uh, we'll talk about what happened over the weekend. Um, there weren't all that many good games. I expected that Titans-Steelers game to be good. That got postponed. And then it felt like every other game was very um, lackluster for the most part. Besides two. Right? Besides two. We had two good ones. And before we uh, get into the first one, we just got to say congratulations to the Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. Shout out to that. Big shout out to Tampa. They, They fought. They fought, and they bring the cup back to Tampa for the first time since 04. So, shout out. A big shout out. They had a nice little boat parade. You don't really see that. Very Florida. Yeah, very Florida. So, that was very cool. You just see everybody on jet skis with beer coolers on the back, holding up the Stanley Cup, riding off into yeah. the sunset. It, it, was, it was cool stuff. It was cool, too, because like was that cool was stuff. like the, the social distancing version. But it was also very Tampa. Yeah, very, very Tampa. So, that was, that was definitely really cool. And um, hopefully it's a good start to a good playoff season for Florida and Tampa in general. I mean, the Heat won uh, game three last night, so they are, they're actually in a series over there. And then the Rays and the Bucks are both in prime position to actually do some damage. So let's talk about the Bucks. And while you got the Marlins well, sneaking around too. While we're there, let's talk about that. Bucks Chargers. Tom Brady versus mm-hmm. Justin Herbert, the rookie and the vet. <laughs> and uh, this game turned out to be wild. Electric. Like, for a minute, it was looking like, man, <laughs> the the Bucks finally get fans in the stands and they got to watch the regular old Bucks right. down, like, what was it, 28-7 to 7 at one point? Like, yeah, yeah, I think it was 24-7. to 7, And Herbert looked really, really good in that first half. I mean, he looked good all game, but, like, particularly good yeah. in that first half. Um, mm-hmm. And minus a, a botched like handoff that turned into a fumble, and the Bucks wind up scoring right before the half. Um, it was a pretty flawless first half from from Herbert and the Chargers. And they, I mean, they got yep. a pick six off Tom Brady. Herbert had a couple of deep passes, one for a touchdown. He is not looking like a rookie. I think he had like a one thirty five QBR, like something ridiculous like that. He went twenty for twenty five with two hundred and ninety yards and three TDs. So I mean, and that's the kid comes to play, and that's a guy in his third career start. And like this is this is probably like his first start that he was quote unquote ready for. Yeah, two three career starts and two of them you had to go up against Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and and it it doesn't hurt it doesn't help either that the Bucks did wind up rallying and coming back in this game, um, partially because Anthony Lynn just like had too much faith in this defense and didn't want to actually like draw up some some plays that were going to like disrupt he just thought like the scheme was going to work and then they let up five straight touchdowns on five straight drives that's not going to get it done but tom it's you're not going to beat tom brady on a day where he's throwing five touchdowns for 350 plus yards you're just not going to be doing that Facts. And that's what Tom did. It was his best game <clears throat> as a buck, minus the, the pick six. If you take away that pick six, it was a really good game from Tom. And, uh, I mean, everything was clicking. He had multiple guys catching balls. Mike Evans and him are finally starting to click. He had a touchdown to O.J. Howard. Um, 
There was some other kid named five Miller who I've to never five heard of. Five different receivers. Yeah. Like, that's nuts. And, um, and then you also got Ronald Jones going off for 111, so that, that helps too. Yeah, and Ronald Jones has turned out to actually be the running back that they thought they drafted a couple years ago from USC, which is really cool. You know, they mm-hmm. went and got Leonard Fournette. He hasn't even needed to be used because Ronald has just been that bell horse that they've kind of expected him to be a couple years ago. Yeah, having Ronald at the one and then having a support cast like they do with Shady and Fournette, like that's a three-headed monster that you could pull out of your pocket at any yeah, time. absolutely. So if they utilize it well, that run game is vicious. Yeah, what I will say about this Chargers team is that this is usually a team that does it with their legs, at least in the last, mm-hmm. like, you know, good couple of years. We had Melvin Gordon. Now we have Austin Eckler. We had LT a little bit before that. You know, this is a team historically good at running the football. Uh, they only had, like, Eckler had 12 yards, Herbert had 14. This was not a run-heavy game, and they were in this to the end of it. This was the Justin Herbert show, just throwing through. Yeah. Eckler ends up getting hurt around mid-game. Yeah. Which is a big so loss that, for that him, too, because he's probably their most talented player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But shout-out to the young, uh, the young uh, QB, man. He, he shows up, and he fights. And that's what you want out of a rookie that you drafted. Like, you want them to show up and be prepared and compete. Like, they don't got to play amazing. They just got to compete. And Herbert's been doing that. So, shout out to the Chargers. They they get a weird, like, Drew Bledsoe, Tom Brady uh, thing where yeah, he the can... starter gets injured mm-hmm. and then he comes in. So, we, we get a little bit of that. Uh, obviously not... <laughs> Tyrod Taylor is no Drew Bledsoe, it, and the verdict's out on her. Hey, un- understandable, but <laughs> to, just since we're we're playing Tom Brady, it's a nice little uh, nice little thing. No, you're, you're definitely right. But um, it, it's cool though. You, know, you love to see young dudes ball, especially so that, early. That's the best part of uh, sports. Yeah. Seeing the young dudes come in, ball, do what they got to do. It's dope. Yeah. Real quick, we'll talk about the other young dude. Uh, Joe Burrow gets his first career win. That's pretty. That's yeah. that's exciting. I mean, they looked really good. Um, this win was mostly on the back of Joe Mixon, who had three total touchdowns, two rushing, one receiving. He didn't have any coming into this week, so big day for him. Uh, if you have Joe Burrow on fantasy, you're probably like, oh, okay, he's not useless. Mm-hmm. Um, or not Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. Um, but yeah, Joe Burrow had a nice nice little day against the Jaguars, and he beats out Minshew. Uh, he had 300 yards. He didn't have to throw the ball 60 times this week. That's refreshing. <laughs> yeah. He almost had two touchdowns. One of them ended up getting called back. Well, one was also a pick, too. Like, it wasn't even his fault. Like, his one pick of the game yeah. was a touchdown throw that got, like, yoinked from his tight end's hands. Yeah. So, not a bad day from him. Uh, but the other game we wanted to talk about is it seems like we're always talking about the Cowboys, but it's because they refuse to stay out of close games. Like, they have to stay in a close game or, like, a dumpster fire type of game. <laughs> Cow- Cowboys-Browns, right? Uh, Odell's back is is the right way to say this game, right? That's, like, the headline here, right? Yeah. Odell's back. Um, he has two receiving touchdowns. He rushed for a touchdown. 150 all-purpose yards. Uh, Baker Mayfield looked all right. I, I think he's the second-best quarterback on his team behind Jarvis Landry, at least for today. 
because uh, that throw from Jarvis was a dime. Oh man, that was a that liner, was a dime. Bro. The, he was bringing out the lefty cannon. Yeah, that that was that was dope. And uh, that was dope, man. And the interesting part about this game for me is on a day where Nick Chubb goes down and doesn't play, the Browns still find a way to put up forty nine points. And yeah, and they get uh three people over seventy uh rushing yards. Yeah, and they were they weren't even OBJ led by Kareem Hunt either. I think it was uh DeInterest Johnson, I wanna say his name is. Um I, I Yeah, he had ninety five, Odell had seventy three, and then Kareem had seventy one. Yeah. And I mean you still get forty three out of Nick Chubb. Yeah. And he did not play so, very so, like, long. They were running all over yeah, them. He did not play very long at all. I mean Nick Chubb's a dog, but he went down with a knee injury. And um, <clears throat> we kind of just saw that Dallas couldn't stop the run, and so we were like, "Hey, we're just gonna have everybody get a little, get a little piece of the action." And it's just, what is up with Dallas not wanting to play football in the first half, and then fourth quarter they just turn it, it up? It doesn't make sense. Um, they and just you know, turn we it thought up, it was a coach issue, so we go out and we get Mike McCarthy, and now they're one and three. And remember at the beginning of the season, I said this is not going to be a Dallas team that we're used to seeing where they stink up the joint for no reason, even though they're super talented. And they're doing exactly that. This team is mm-hmm. a very talented roster, especially on the offensive oh, side. And I mean, they're, they're juggernaut on offense. Yeah, and I mean, they're scoring. They, they just got to be consistent. They're scoring points, but they're doing it late. They're doing it too late. They're not getting any leads before the last two minutes of the game. And that's just not how you're going to win football games. Um, Not at all. You know, and Dax looked okay. Zeke's looked okay. But, you know, you can't let it. You're not going to win many games. It's funny that we say Dax looks okay and he puts up 504 touchdowns (laughs) with with 41 and 58 uh, completion and. Like that that's just it's wild. Yeah. It's definitely wild. But you're not gonna win a lot of games letting up forty nine points. You're probably not gonna win any games letting up forty nine points if we're gonna be honest. Unless this is a yeah. a college game where where it's like Clemson versus Ohio State and now it's just fifty eight to forty two, like something like that. But this was probably a, one of the more exciting games just because uh, it was nice to see the Browns like actually play well. Yeah, they're three and one, and they're a sneaky three and one, but they haven't looked great in some of their wins, and so it was nice to actually see them click fully and figure it out. And now they're tied for first in that division with the Ravens, so something to look yeah. out for. And the Ravens uh, didn't have the best game nah. against them. Um... The football team. No, nah, they didn't. They didn't have to though. They were playing. They were playing Washington. They didn't play a super clean game, but no. you, you don't really need to when you're just like outwardly more talented than the team across from you. Yeah. Um, the Bills game was fun. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs is exactly the combination that we thought they were going to be coming into this season. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably the best one-two combo in the league right now, maybe outside of Tom Brady and Evans. I'd say. And uh, it's just fun. Josh Allen did go down towards the end of the game, so we're hoping that he'll be okay to go for next week or at least, like, you know, soon. Because the Bills are 4-0, and Buffalo is – Buffalo's rocking already. 
first time since 08 that they have a 4-0 start. So shout out to that. Yeah, shout out to that. And they're honestly, they're probably going to go 5-0. and So I don't know who they play next week. I can look that up real quick, actually. And we said this at the beginning of the year for our um, preview episode that this is uh, the Bills' division to lose. Yeah. So Now, they actually might not get a game in next week because they are playing Tennessee. So we're going to see how that kind of unfolds. Gotcha. Uh, if Tennessee has to pick up some some D2 recruits to come play this game <laughs> uh, or if that even gets postponed or whatever happens there. We'll figure that out. One little uh, one little nugget I see for one of the closer games is Detroit lost six straight games that they led by 10 points. Well, Detroit seems to start – they have the complete opposite of the Cowboys. They start off really hot. They score. It seems like yeah. they're outscoring every team they play fourteen nothing to start in that first quarter, and they did it a couple weeks ago against Green Bay. They did it this week against the uh, the Saints. Give up big leads, and they give them up early, so it didn't even feel like they ever had the lead. Like that lead has just evaporated really fast. Yeah, they come in with a really good game plan, but then when it comes down to making adjustments, they they just disappear. Yeah, and they, that's like nail in the head, honestly. Um, yeah. They have a lot of things that they need to fix, though. And if you're the Lions, yeah, you don't want to be winning. So it kind of works out. Uh, you need another <laughs> year or two of getting these uh, this draft talent in and, and some experience for the younger guys like Okuda and all them. And maybe finding out your yeah. new quarterback in the future because Stafford is getting a little bit long in a tooth, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but Facts. Um, real quick, we'll talk about these Monday night games before we – uh, transition into some baseball we got Packers Falcons the scheduled game that was supposed to happen today um, I don't know about you but this is not going to be a very competitive game in my eyes I think the Packers are the no. best team in the NFC and I don't think it's particularly close right now and the Falcons even if they have a lead will find a way to to Throw it in the garden. Yeah, I don't. Explosion. I don't see the Falcons doing their Falcon thing against the Packers. I don't think they're putting up that many. Points no, I don't think so either. That big of a lead. I don't think so. so I, I think it's a cakewalk for Green Bay. <laughs> yeah, I. It's just one of those games where. You know, Atlanta has such a great offense, but they they can't keep their foot on the gas, and Green Bay is a team that never lets themselves get blown out. And so, if you're never going to be up. 17 points on Green Bay, then you got to keep your foot on the gas the whole game. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the way that the Falcons play. Um, I think this will be a pretty easy game. It, the score won't be like a big margin, of, but it's going to be a very one-sided game. Uh, I disagree. I think they're steamrolling. You think them. so? Yeah. I'm not against that I either, so. but I, I, I just know the way the <laughs> Packers kind of play. It'll, it'll be like 34 to like 18 and it looks a little bit closer than it might have been kind of one of those yeah um and then game two this game would have been great i think this game would have had the makings of one of the better games of the week it probably would have been the game of the week for me it would have been arguably game of the year yeah uh seeing this this revitalized cam newton who he he struggled a little bit last week but you know they got the win um yeah Seeing this revitalized Cam Newton go against the uh, the immovable object would have been really, really fun for me. <laughs> Facts. And um, I don't even know who the quarterback's going to be for the Patriots now. 
Brian Hoyer. Brian Hoyer is who the guy is? Okay, Brian Hoyer, um, he can keep them in the game, but I just don't think they really have a chance to win this. I think the Patriots roster was already kind of lacking this year. A little bit. And um, they're just not going to be able to stop Mahomes and company from scoring 35. That's kind of what's going to happen here. They might have been able to pace them with Cam, maybe. But Yeah, they, they would have been probably in a shootout, but it's just not gonna uh, like this. I, I don't see it. <laughs> I don't see it. I, I wish I could say different. Yeah. But I So I'm pretty sure the Chiefs win this by at least two scores. Yeah, so so we're looking at two blowouts here on Monday night that at least we think it's gonna be. Um we'll probably have them on, but again, like we said, the Yankees are gonna be on, so we're definitely our eyes are gonna be there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um and and you know, four o'clock. I'm definitely gonna want to watch this Astros game as well because we have ALDS baseball, baby. Playoffs are in October. Sir. It's here. Where's Jeter when you need him, Mister <laughs> October? Um, you know, this this is kind of the matchup that nobody wanted, but we kind of needed, right? With the Astros and and the A's. I feel like a lot of people wanted the Twins and the White Sox because they were, like, the fun teams that hit the ball really hard. Um, The pitching's good enough, but they're just fun, right? You got Byron Buxton, who's the fastest man of all time. Uh, And then, like, Tim Anderson, (laughs) who just doesn't swing and miss at balls. Yeah. But we wind up getting the Astros, who sweep the Twins. Um, I said the Twins were going to the World Series and winning it. Um, I'm a fool. Say so you're sorry to I'm the fans. I'm a fool for believing in a team that has now lost 18 straight playoff games. Ugh. 18 That's, straight. It's terrible. Terrible. It is terrible. I. And now on the other end, shout out to the A's for breaking their little funk that they were in. Yeah, they not winning a game of. Or like a series clinching or elimina- elimination game. The, the like A's the haven't won a winner-take-all game in the playoffs. So a Game 7, Game 5, or a wild card game, like if you win, you're on, lose, mm-hmm. go home. They haven't won one of those since I want to say it was 74. Yeah. Which is nuts. Like that. that's a long time. And, you know, it, it's exactly <laughs> why um, a lot of A's fans <laughs> kind of hate the – the wild card system because it's that one game winner go home and the A's always seem to be in that game mm-hmm. and it hasn't worked out for them yet. Uh, they finally get to go on to an actual series. This is the best of five, so it's not a full series, but it's enough that you can kind of get a feel for who's actually playing well and who's not. So yeah, they make it to a series and they are they get arguably the worst team left in it. I would say it's the worst team left in it, but they have the experience with the Astros, right? Yeah, absolutely. You can't knock that. No, they, they've been the two World Series now. They won one of them. Um, <clears throat> they kind of won one of them. They have the trophy. <laughs> uh, something's in the air and maybe in the outfield, too. They have, they have the trophy, but I'll... Um, they still went, though, and that, and that does count for playoff experience, whether or not they were cheating or not, which they were. Yeah. Which they were. But still nutting up and making a good at bat is important. And so um, absolutely, you're not going to just discredit the Astros because the A's are the better team here. Um, although it's closer than you think because Matt Chapman's gone. 
So that kind of evens it a little bit. And the Astros players have been hitting better. It's hard to hit worse than they were at the beginning of the year. They have been hitting better. (laughs) Oh, man, it was terrible. Uh, Oh, really bad. Uh, Playoff Correa looks to be back, though, which is definitely scary. Because I know he had like a go-ahead home run in that game, two against the Twins, and that's not a guy you want to get hot. No. Uh, not at all. So, and like, they they got the talent. Like, oh yeah, we're, oh, we're not yeah. gonna sit here and say that they're bombs just because they were cheating. Like, well, they were better because they were cheating, but they still got talent. Like their core of players that they have in Houston, you you can't discredit what they could do. Yeah, and then like when you get a young guy like Kyle Tucker who comes in and fills in for uh, Jordan Alvarez, and Kyle Tucker has had mm-hmm. just an amazing year for them. Um, yeah. There's something to be said about that, right? And then they have other pitchers stepping Absolutely. up. Christian Javier's had a pretty decent year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Zach Greinke has been Zach Greinke for the most part. Uh, Ryan Presley's filled in for the most part for Roberto Osuna. So this is going to be a better series than I feel like people would have thought like a week ago. But seeing how good the Astros played against those two I don't know if they played well. Or, or the Twins were just terrible. I think it was the latter. I think the Twins were just really bad. Yeah. Because, like, outside of Nelson Cruz, those guys were just not there physically. Like, the Twins only get one run each game. Yeah, and they were both because of it's Nelson. Like, so. Yeah, and up from a team that you, you guys are the La Bambas, like, you guys got to be going ham. Yeah. Which they didn't, they Two weren't runs. quite doing that this year to begin with. So we already knew that this was kind no. of an issue. Yeah. But to fold like that, that that was wild. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, predictable is the and right word. <laughs> predictable. <laughs> and we don't know if we're gonna get the spicy matchup with uh this series with uh Ramon Laureano trying to fight a bench coach or uh, really a bench coach trying to fight uh Laureano. Yeah, so that's sto- it's been that storyline's gonna with, be uh, there. Teams. This isn't necessarily yeah. a rivalry just because. The Astros are still relatively new to the AL West, but since coming into the AL West, it's been these two teams at the top. So this has become a rivalry over the years. They do not like each other, Uh, even despite the cheating scandal. They do not like each other. Yeah. Um, It's going to be interesting. Chris Bassett's been pitching really well. Uh, The rookie Jesus Lazardo's been a baller. Shout out to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think this is a very, like, almost evenly matched series. I think... I give the edge on the bats to the Astros and the pitching to the A's, which is kind of reverse yeah, of what I'm you right would think coming you. into the year. Yeah. And, you know, we'll see. This is going to be a fun one, honestly. I think this one goes five. I really do. And I think the A's wind up pulling it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised either way this series goes. I think it probably goes about four. I, I really don't know who who I'm rocking with because I feel like the Astros like you said they're getting hot right yeah, now they are. if they could carry this on they could very much be back in the ALCS yeah. on a down year isn't that crazy yeah they could very much be there and I, I wouldn't be surprised so I I know uh, I don't remember who I well I had the White Sox uh, going a little bit further but I think I got the Astros uh, clutching this out yeah so we're, we're kind of split on that um, yeah We'll go to the other game tonight. This one's at 8 o'clock, Yankees-Rays. We're both going to go Yankees. Um, we're just going to say that to start. <laughs> um, game <laughs> one's going to be really fun. Garrett Cole, Blake Snell. 
Um, mm. If it goes five, you're probably going to see Garrett Cole a second time is what I'm saying here. Um, you're paying a guy $200 million plus. Like He's going to go game five, and he's going to want to also. So if this goes five, I definitely have an advantage on those two games, at least for the Yankees, right? Yeah. Now it's going to come down to whether or not these Yankee bats can stay hot. Because if these Yankee bats are going to hit like they did against Cleveland, I don't think the Rays have a chance. Mm. Mm. I really don't. Man. But that's been the story of the year so far because the Yankees go cold and they go cold. And especially against the Rays. There's always been difficulties hitting against the Rays. Thankfully, this game is not in Tropicana Field where the Yankees are particularly worse against the Rays. That saves us. If this was in like a wherever the home team is type of bubble mm-hmm. or just a regular old playoff series, I think I got to give the edge to the Rays. I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. I, I, I still almost do give the edge to them just because the, the Rays are going to hit regardless. Like they might not put up five against Cole, but two might be enough because it's Blake Snell on the mound, right? They're going to have clutch hits. The Rays are notorious for that. They're going to hit when you need a big hit. Yeah. And their pitching is just Yankees kryptonite at times. Well, and not just Yankee kryptonite, but this is like a historically good bullpen. Like, this is a bullpen very yep. reminiscent of the Yankees a couple of years ago when they had uh, Batances and Canely and all the guys they still have now. Or um, go back even further and you look at, like, the Kansas City Royals when they had uh, Soraya and Wade Davis mm-hmm. and Greg Holland over there. That was a historically great bullpen. I mean, they won a World Series because of it. Um, yeah. And it's a bullpen like that with three, like, bona fide aces when they're at their best in Charlie Morton, uh, Glass Now, and Blake Snell. So this is a really, really good pitching team with, like, a clutch factor in the hitting department. Their hitting is not particularly good, but they are clutch. Which is not one of those stats yeah, that absolutely. I know you stat cast warriors like, but it it, it <laughs> exists. It definitely exists. Absolutely. So I'm excited for this one, man. I, I've been fiending for a Rays Yankees play. I think you said it last week matchup. too. Yeah, I've been fiending for it, bro. I wanted it last year. We didn't get it. And we, we finally got it, and I'm hype. Yeah. Let's move out west real quick. Uh, these games mm-hmm. are debuting on Tuesday. Uh, just so you know, all five of the games are just going in straight days. So the Yankees, Rays, Astros, um, A's series will just be going Monday through Friday if it goes five. And um, we're going to have this one go Tuesday through Saturday. So we got the Dodgers-Padres. And the Marlins Braves, the Miami Marlins, are in the NLDS. The, undef- the undefeated playoff Miami Marlins. Franchise history have never lost a playoff series. And I, I said this last week. They're never going to. Mm-hmm. I said it. Yeah. Well, was I memeing? Who's to say? But I did say that I think they were going to be the Cubs. <laughs> I did say that. Yeah, and yeah you did. And because they were playing really good baseball towards the end of the season, and I just didn't trust that the Cubs could string together hits consistently, and they didn't. The only guy that was hitting the ball was Ian Happ. You Darvish pitched a gem; it didn't matter. Yeah, it just had one run that yeah. put him over the top. Yeah, it, I, that's all they needed, and they wound up scoring another one or two. 
in that game too. But you know, if you, if you're not going to be here scoring runs against uh, Sandy Alcantara and Sixto Sanchez, who are going to be fantastic pitchers, and they already are, but they're young. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Sixto Sanchez absolutely. is really, really good. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think anybody is like watching Miami Marlins play baseball this year. Uh, we got to watch them that last series against the Yankees, and I watched a couple of their games against the Mets this year. They're a sneaky, sneaky team. Yeah. Because they play exactly I've been like the Rays all year. Yeah, I've been saying all year that like people count out the Marlins as just trash in that division. Which, to be I've fair, before the while, year like, was a fair take. Yeah, but I've been saying the Marlins are right there to make like a sneaky push with their talent. And I mean, here we are. Yeah. Who, who in the world would have said, "All right, Miami's going to go to the second round in the playoffs this year"? Yeah. Huh? Honestly. What are you? What are you smoking? Like now, I think it's a little what, tough for them because this particular matchup is really bad for them. Yeah, I don't think you got a potential MVP on the other side. You got some good pitching. You got a lot of other bats that are nuts. And and I think that Miami. I think the Reds were a great matchup for the Braves. You saw how good the matchup was. Just the Reds couldn't score any runs, and it was a the matchup that they wanted for exactly what I said last week. The Braves are going to strike out a lot. And when you have Trevor mm-hmm. Bauer and Luis Castillo, who both pitched gems, I mean, they were really, really good. Yeah. Um, now you have a team like Miami who comes in. Sixto Sanchez and Alcantara are both good, but they're pitch-to-contact kind of guys. They throw low sinkers. They want to get you to ground out and then mix you up with a changeup. They're both kind of pitched the same way. Um, yeah. That's not going to fly against this Braves team. If they touch the ball, mm-hmm. the ball is getting nuked. They're, they're going to crush it. And I think this just because of the matchup with the way that they pitch, um, I just don't think it's gonna go too well. I actually think the Braves are gonna either sweep or win in four. Um also the Braves are the team that beat them twenty nine to nine earlier this season. So that kinda gives you a clue of like how that kinda works. <laughs> uh, I forgot about yeah. that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Rough. No, that's tough. So, um, as much as I love Miami this year, I think they're really fun. They're a great story. And they're a good team. Like, this isn't just a story. This is a good team that um, they just need a couple more pieces. They need a couple more things. But I don't. And I love their, uh, like, mantra that they're going with this year because earlier in the year, um, I don't know exactly what franchise uh, representative said this, but they said the Miami Marlins are just bottom feeders of the league, just picking up scraps from teams. And they took it and rode with it. They got T-shirts now, bottom feeders. Like it, it's dope. It's that's uh, I love it. And that's very reminiscent of like the uh, the Eagles a couple years ago when somebody called them like underdogs, and they started underdogs, wearing the dog. And they masks. all started wearing the dog masks yeah. and all and that. And they wind yeah. up winning the Super Bowl. It's very reminiscent it, of that. That that. Yeah, I love when sports teams do that. Like you get a heckler, just somebody saying some nonsense about you. It's like, all right, that that's how you feel, but yeah. and now you just embrace it, and now your team just rallies behind mm-hmm. it, and it helps. It, it, definitely, it helps. definitely helps. Um, yeah, I think the Braves are going to be overwhelming in this. I feel like you're probably on the same boat with me on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think the Braves are also really, really good too. I think they again their worst matchup in the playoffs would have been Tampa and Cincinnati. I think every other matchup yeah. they have a chance. To like be successful, so absolutely. So Braves in four, maybe three. Uh, last one we got 
Padres Dodgers. This is probably the most fun matchup that we have. Yeah. Because you have just really, really good bats over there in San Diego. Um, the, the main thing that's gonna come, it's gonna come down to here though, is if Mike Clevenger and um, I'm blanking on his name right now, Lamet Denelson Lamet are active. If one of the two of them are active, I'm going to give the Padres like an actual chance here. If both of them are out, yeah. it's going to be very yeah, it's tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be very, very yeah. tough. Because I really hope Clevenger uh, gets healthy to pitch in this series. But even if it's not game one, uh, just to show up game two, game three, to pull it out for uh, your new team that you get traded to, I, I really hope so. I do too, and like I want this to be a series. But besides the Rays Yankees, this is my second favorite series that we're getting out of this this playoff. And that's partly because we've become like de facto Padres fans this season. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's just been you, really. You just gotta appreciate the young talent, and then like you add Manny Machado to that. Like they they got ballers over there, man. They got ballers, and it's a fun team. It's, really, it's fun really fun. I mean, Manny Machado kind of on his redemption tour. He hasn't done any of the nonsense that Manny Machado's known for. He's just played really good mm-hmm. defense, and he's hit the ball. He's been the best third baseman yep. by a mile this year, and there's a lot of really good mm-hmm. ba- third basemen. Um, he's probably third in MVP voting, if we're being real. It's probably Freddie Freeman, Mookie Betts, and then Manny Machado, yeah. which is crazy. Definitely up there, no doubt. Yeah. And... um. You know, I, I do think the Dodgers are the better team here. Um, I, there's no real flaws with the Dodgers outside of maybe their relieving core. They're a little iffy at times. Kenley Jansen sometimes is locked down. Sometimes is just bad. Yeah, it's a flip of the coin. It, of what you're it really get. is. And that's kind of how their bullpen is as a whole. But usually it's on the side of good. And they usually don't need to go that long because Kershaw and Bueller – and this this young guy, or he's not young, but <clears throat> Ross or Goslin that they have, um, he's had a really mm-hmm. good year. They'll have uh, Gratterall and Dustin May out of the bullpen for this series, so they got a lot of arms. Yeah, no doubt. And um, it's gonna be fun. Yeah, but uh, like like you said, it's definitely uh, weighs on the back of will they get those two pieces or at least one of those pieces back in time to make an impact. Yeah, because if, if they don't have one of those two guys, because those are guys that can hold the Dodgers to two runs, and yeah. if they're not holding the Dodgers to two runs or less, then it's going to be really, really tough because they're not going to be scoring five, six, seven, eight runs against the Dodgers every night. And now it's really cool that uh, Manny gets to go against his old team. Yeah, he was only there for a little second, but... A little second, but you go to the World Series with them, so you, you're you in there. And there was a lot of slander getting thrown at Manny. Now he wasn't great in that World Series by any by any stretch. No, but not at all. He was kind of thrown onto this team and expected to be a world beater, and that's kind of hard to do mid season, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And he's not Mookie Betts. And let's just put that out there right now. Mookie Betts is a different breed. Yeah, right now he's the best right fielder in the game. He's the best outfielder in the game outside of outside of Mike Trout. I mean, and that's kind of been yeah. that way for a while too. So, yeah. But I'm gonna go with the Dodgers as reluctantly as I would like to, and uh, yeah, uh, I am too. Uh, until I get a solid fact of knowing about Clevenger. Yeah, and so uh, we we both kind of way. agree on for the most part these outcomes. We're going Rays, Dodgers, Braves, and then I got the A's, you got the Astros. That's our one mm-hmm. difference. 
I would love, like, I don't want to see the Astros win, but no. I would love to see a Yankees Astros ALCS. Oh man, I that's see that's the thing I want realistically, just for yeah, the that's revenge. The story line I just right really there. want the revenge. Uh, that's the storyline right there. The last two years, they get the better of us. Outside sources or not, just what it is. And now, now here we are. Even playing field. And an opportunity it, it's to It's usually the home team won every single game in the these series whenever we play them. Yeah, and now there's no home team, so that's interesting. Nope. So it, it's just play ball. Yeah, absolutely. So that's it for the baseball talk. We'll be back with it next week. It'll be quicker because there'll be less games. Um, hopefully we're happy about it. We might not be. So, so we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, it's cool that we get to go right into the next round. Yeah, next just week, so. right into it. I thought the days off were kind of weird. They gave us our last game was what Thursday or Wednesday? Something. I think Thursday. Our last game. I'm pretty we'll, sure we'll say Thursday, but I think it was Wednesday. Honestly, um, it was a while ago. And then yeah. we come into this series four days later, and now they have no days off. I thought that was a little odd, but it kind of is one of those. Yeah. But it's interesting because now you got to really, really manage your bullpen because it's not like, all right, we got a day off tomorrow. I could use this guy an extra inning or an extra batter. No, we're, we're playing again tomorrow. So if I use a high leverage pitcher, I'm not going to be able to use him tomorrow. Yeah. No, you're definitely right. Uh, so it, it adds a really big dynamic to the game. And you really are so going to need gonna like length out. out of your starters. Oh, absolutely. If a starter gets rocked, you could probably chalk it up as an L. Maybe even for the next game for whatever team has to deal with it. Because you're going to use, what, three, four, maybe five, depending on how bad the situation's going out of the bullpen. Or you're going to throw a guy, like for the Yankees example, because we kind of know them the best, like a Jonathan Holder, and you kind of hope he does really well, right? Mm-hmm. And eats up some you don't want to bring out Adovino or Britain or Chad If you're Green. down seven, you don't want to bring those guys out, but you might have to. Exactly. So it's going to be really interesting to see, um, especially mm-hmm. with like a team like the Yankees and Rays who use their bullpens as much as they do. And, um, you know, I'm excited for it. Uh, real quick, we got one more thing to talk about before we get out of y'all's ears. We got the NBA Finals, which is felt like mm-hmm. an afterthought, honestly, for most people. Yeah. And the Miami Heat came in last night, and they said, this is not an afterthought. This is a series. Absolutely. They come in without Jimmy Bam, Butler. without Goran Dragic. Jimmy Butler absolutely balls Goes out. off. Goes all what was that stat you points, said about him rebounds, with LeBron? Assists. What happened? You told me a stat yesterday about like him and LeBron, right? Was that you? Um, I don't believe. Gotcha. So. Um, well, I heard a stat last night, and it was this is the first game ever in the NBA Finals that LeBron had a singular person outscore him, out rebound him, and out assist him. Oh, yeah, I saw that on ESPN. That was nuts. The first guy I, I ever. This is that. his, how, how many finals has he been to? Tenth. Uh, this is his 10th final. And he has never in a single game been outscored, rebounded, and assisted. And I know that's like a kind of a cherry pick stat, but it just kind of shows that even if LeBron's not there scoring 30 a night, he's going to be on, out in the boards. He's going to be out in the assists. Yeah. Like, he's going to be doing something else, and he's going to be impacting the game. 
And so this is the first time. Well, he's, he still almost gets a triple-double. He ends up with eight assists, but 25 and 10. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he filled the stat line, but, like, Anthony Davis, what, 15, 5, and 3, like. Yeah. That, that, that's bad. And it kind of shows that um, LeBron's going to do what LeBron does every night, right? Which mm-hmm. is why most of us consider him the MVP of this team, because he's going to do what he needs to do. And he's going to yeah. put you in a position to win. Now, will the guys around him, including the superstar they went out and traded for, get the job done? And I think um, Anthony Davis only having 15 is kind of a sign from the Heat really focusing on getting defensive rebounds. If you watch game two, Anthony Davis had like 18 points off offensive boards. It was something ridiculous. Yeah. And when you're giving up that many offensive boards and you're giving up that many automatic points to a big guy like that, you're just not going to win a game. So the Heat locked down. They got their defensive rebounds. And like I said last week, and Jimmy said this in their postgame interview, if they can rebound, Mm -hmm. they're in a position to win this series because they're just as talented outside of LeBron as the Heat or as the Lakers. Because I think even with AD, like the Heat are probably more talented if you go minus LeBron team to team, right? Oh, yeah. I've, I've been saying Miami's like depth they have on this team is so much better than the Lakers. Oh, yeah. Like, the Lakers are top-heavy, obviously. Like, they're, they're starting five. You can match them up with anybody, and they'll compete. But you get into the bench and deep into the bench, you're not rocking with Miami. And it's exactly kind of how we, you know, that was on full display last night. I mean, having Bam and Goran Dragic out is tough. That's, that's like 30-plus points and, like, 13 rebounds you're losing out on right there. Yeah, losing both of them, that should have been Miami's death sentence right there. And instead, they come back in Game 3, and they kind of dominated the whole game. Yeah, like, they they didn't really have the lead too much, but it was always like, they're right there. And if the Lakers just miss a step even a little bit, Miami's taking it. Yeah, and they did a a bunch, too. And so, um, they should be getting Bam back in Game 4. We don't really know what's going on with Drogic. They have a whole other day to kind of figure that out. But if the Heat get back Bam... And it can still out-rebound. There's something to look at here. I don't think this is quite like a series of series yet. We'll see how this game four goes. But if they tie it up, I would be a little nervous as a Lakers fan. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if they get uh, Bam back. Oh, yeah. Mm. And, and, I mean, if Anthony Davis has another clunker of a game, then that that's going to be very tough for the Lakers to kind of get those points from outside places absolutely like you you get 19 from kuzma and morris but it's like outside of that the next highest score is caruso with eight and then you get five four like you're just not gonna win a game like that yeah and it's not even that they didn't have a lot of points it's that there's really not an opportunity for them to have a lot of points either like they're not gonna be creating shots and scoring those guys yeah so. And another uh, thing, Duncan Robinson finally got a chance to go off this game. Lakers have been locking him down. And whatever uh, Spolstra cooked up, uh, they got him some looks, some contested looks, too, that he was knocking down. So that that's a big thing for Miami, too. Absolutely. So, you know, we're still I'm still looking at the Lakers to win this series. But it did get a yeah, little bit more interesting, which is good because I felt like a lot of people didn't necessarily watch that game last night. Um, 
Yeah. Just because it didn't really feel like it was necessary. But now it, it is again, so that's good. Absolutely. You got anything else for me, Brooke, before we head out of here? Uh, go Yankees. Go Yankees. Uh, that's it. Vamos Yankees. <laughs> go, go Yankees. Vamos Yankees. Um, the, that's what we're going to be tuned into. It's going to be hard for me to take my eyes off of that to watch these football games, mm-hmm. but we got a week for me to catch up with that, so I ain't tripping. But, man, I'm hyped. Also, if your football team doesn't have a win, don't talk to me. Um, well, I guess we're not recording next week. Yeah, so next <laughs> so next week there, there won't be an episode because the Jets are just going to keep jetting on. <laughs> uh, and um, same thing with the Giants, I imagine. <laughs> so that's man, just brutal. It's a hard knock life out here. Yeah, the New York football teams are um, bad is the best way to put it. Just Just bad. Uh, I wish I had something to come back with it, but I don't. <laughs> we suck. I'm I'm a sad, sad little football fan. Yeah, that's why we once the uh, the Pac-12 comes back, you can cheer with the Ducks for me. You know, let's go Ducks. Go, let's go Ducks. And uh, I think that's in November, so that's closer than we think. And we got the schedule for the Pac-12, and I think the Big Ten schedule came out too. So that's some stuff to look forward to if you're Ohio State, Michigan, Oregon fan any of those big schools wisconsin um that's exciting because mm-hmm. now you don't have to watch alabama beat the bricks off of every team they play and now you get to watch your favorite team play so that's kind of nice facts so thank you guys as always for listening i'm Julian osius i'm with brooklyn we're the spectators we'll see you guys next time later everybody